Hey, this is Jonathan and Kayleen. We are recording our episodes well in advance. So the stuff we've recorded is many weeks ago. And over the past week, uh, a bunch of stuff has happened in the province with regards to wildfire. We got hit by a, a tremendous heat wave, which was very uncomfortable for a lot of people and deadly for hundreds of people. And then in Kamloops, we had a, a wildfire breakout uh, due to lightning which was pretty scary for a lot of people in Kamloops, particularly where evacuations were happening. But generally throughout the city, there was just a lot of anxiety. And it's truly tragic what has happened in Lytton. It was just heartbreaking to see. So we just wanted to like say thanks to everyone, to all of the BC Wildfire Services, Kamloops Fire and Rescue, um, uh, anybody who is volunteering to help people who have evacuated, everybody who has donated uh, money, time, items, things. Thank you. And we hope everyone is as safe as they can be. And uh, yeah, just take care of each other. Welcome to the Path and Focus podcast. We're building a wildfire technology company. I'm your host, Kayleen McCullough, a former wildland firefighter turned software developer. And I'm Jonathan Bowers, a software developer and an entrepreneur. Um, we were going to launch our Beacon app but that has not yet happened. From my understanding, there was some complications in the deployment of the back end that uh -oh. prevented it from being pushed to production. So I think now it's deployed and we just need to hook it up to the front end. Got it. Yeah. So our back end, so the API is what's delivering the weather data that we use to calculate danger rating. The weather data and the calculations, the back end is oh, doing right. all of that work for us. Cool. So the front end, the, the web app, just display stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it. Okay, so that's that's going to happen soon. Um, yeah, so we, we had a meeting and we just chatted about some fire behavior indices for Beacon for industry folks. Kayleen, like high level, what are these indices that we use that we're talking about, these fire weather indices that we calculate? The Fire Weather Index is a model that the Canadian Wildfire Services created back in the 70s. They did a bunch of trial burning and used the results of that to create a system. It takes weather information and derives these indices that somewhat represent what the expected fire behavior um, could be based on based on the weather. So it doesn't predict future fire behavior. What it tells us is what the average results were in those same circumstances back in the 70s. The BCWS doesn't use these for predictive applications anymore. It's more used as a public education tool. But to give some explanation so you have more context about what it is, is um, it takes weather information and derives these indices that somewhat represent what the expected fire behavior could be based on based on the weather. Um, so like the potential rate of spread, for instance, or like the intensity of the fire or like what type of fire it's going to be, whether or not it's going to be on the ground or in the canopy up in the up in the leaves of the trees. Right. In a simplistic way, it's a number that kind of represents what a layperson might intuitively understand about the land, right? Like if it's extremely wet and has been for a long time, that indice value is low, meaning it's not likely that there's going to be a gigantic raging forest fire out there. But if it's been dry and hot for months on end, the indice is going to be high. And so you can kind of intuitively understand that 
the fire risk is pretty high. Yeah, on the extremes, it's fairly representative. It's easy to like make that correlation. There's a ton of in-between where it gets a little fuzzy, but that's sort of the purpose of it. And so where do we use those numbers? Even though they're old and uh, no one actually uses them for anything predictive. Hopefully in a bunch of different places. They're the only system we currently have. Um, Nothing has really been updated since then. So as of right now, they're the most helpful formulas we have for helping that understanding. And we are using it in both the little apps we're building right now. And both those little apps are Beacon, which helps people that work in the field, in the wildland settings, understand if the risk is high or the risk is low. And then what's the other, what would be the other app? It's not really if it's high or low, it's whether or not they can work or not. Like that's the main driver of that app. The other tool we're calling the Fire Weather Index Simulator. And so it basically is just an interactive tool where people get to interact with the numbers a little bit. So it's it's just a a small little tool for people to um, play around with. Yeah, get a sense of those numbers. Yeah, and we're building that because as we've started down this journey, uh, we've started to learn a lot more about about just the whole ecosystem and, and fire and all the numbers that come into it. Um, there's a lot of data that we could display, but we're displaying this data to people who are maybe not weather people and probably not fire people. And at least me from a non-fire background, I can't look at one of those numbers and be like, oh yeah, got it. It's you know super dry out there, or uh, it's this kind of wet. So we want to make it fairly simple and not super super complicated. And I've been doing some exploring in um, data visualization, uh, just like getting back into some coding, which I've been sort of enjoying. I just haven't found enough time to do it. Um, and I've been learning about like different ways of visualizing data and just sort of playing around with some things. And um, we wanted to make Beacon very simple, so we don't want to display a ton of a ton of data and a ton of like legends and like lines everywhere we want to make it really easy to consume so we're thinking we only want to display one weather value like temperature or relative humidity or wind speed or something else we were unsure which one we should pick so that was a question we were going to ask you that's super tricky because it's not one attribute that is most important i think in the context of beacon because the weather is secondary information, you might be able to get away with only using one attribute. And I think that attribute would be temperature, okay. just because like, as a non-industry person, when you're just like thinking about going out into the bush, people like to know what the temperature outside is so they can dress appropriately or like, as they bring the right clothing with them, but that that would be precipitation. I actually think that in some cases, in most cases, the temperature can give you a hint as to the other parts of the weather, right? If it's the middle of August and you're seeing a like 14 degree day, you're thinking, oh, that's weird. Like, is it going to rain? And maybe we can then put, you know, some symbols, like a like a symbol of rain <laughs> so that you know that, oh, it's going to be raining. Like we can indicate some of that stuff for planning. Um, but in, as, as far as like what the fire danger is, I would think it would be temperature. Like that's the important piece. So Paige, Paige is on the call, but she's not being recorded. So she asked a great question. Like, is displaying the weather a, give a false sense of security? I don't I don't think so, because the primary thing we display is the danger rating, right? Like you see that front and center, like it's danger five, right? Don't be out here at all. Um, you can't work, right? That's the restriction. But then below it, we show what the temperature is or was actually. So this is all talking about historic weather data at the moment. So that's the other caveat is... 
how meaningful is it to show some of that data for the past versus for the future? There's a lot of interesting points there. Um, I think the way that Paige asked that question, I would give a different answer because she said, if we tell people that it's cool out, does that give them a false sense of security that there is a low fire risk? And I think the answer to that is yes. But because we're putting it alongside the fire danger rating, there's less of a chance of a negative impact from that because we have additional information that is being provided alongside of it. Um, to your point of the fact that this is all historic, I actually think historic weather is kind of irrelevant. That it's only what is happening now and in the future that is of importance to people. Interesting. Yeah. So maybe maybe this is a discussion that it doesn't like actually need to go very far because we are right now, we're just trying to figure out what weather data to display for, you know, up until now and like yesterday and the day before that and the day before that. Because that's all we that's all we do right now. We don't do any forecasts. That's a feature we're gonna add, but uh we're thinking we just display some some weather data so you can see sort of maybe what was driving the the danger rating for today and the danger rating for today sort of depends on yesterday too right like um if it's been hot and dry that's why it's a five today instead of a say a three i think the weather in historical context gives context to the rating i don't think it like it obviously doesn't impact behavior so it's more of a just educational piece than it is a confidence or decision making element um, and if that's the way that it's being used a single weather attribute is meaningless like it doesn't actually mean anything on its own right because they all are necessary parts of the fire weather index so now I'm thinking that the only re <laughs> the only reason that we put this in is because it looks really cool. <laughs> like it's it looks cool. I like the way it looks. I, I mean, it is it is data that I think is important to display. And we're going to display all of it, right? Like we're gonna we're gonna put the numbers for precipitation, uh, relative humidity, wind speed, temperature, um, but we'll probably just put a single value for the day. And we're just right now we were just discussing. What value do we graph? What do we chart as the like the one that has the most resolution? And we think that that's probably temperature. I think that that is also an important consideration, though. The it looks cool, like things that look nice attract people. Um, and so, even if it doesn't have any practical use, if it attracts people, then that is useful. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to make it pointless. But um, I, I guess I had thought that it might have more utility than it does. <laughs> well, I think, yeah, part of the reason that we've gotten to this point is because we've always considered the weather as being historical and future. Like we are planning on putting the forecasting in. Mm -hmm. So like that's the perspective we're taking on it is future forecasting. But currently that's not a part of it. Yeah, we have to think about that some more. So yeah, so we got some more work to do on how we're going to display weather in our app, and we got to launch the app. We are planning on doing some beta testing before we release it to the general population, so we can validate a few of those things, make mm -hmm. sure that it is calculating what it should be calculating. Okay, cool. Well, hopefully next time we can uh, chat about the app with some feedback, and until next time... 
thanks for listening. We look forward to chatting with you next week. <laughs>